Listen up, boys and girls. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away. Yes, it's Brad Gisa, story time. Welcome to story time for Friday. Um, thinking about the burn pad the other day, and I hadn't thought about it for a while. Brought back a lot of memories. And, and the burn pad is what we named the house we all hung out at after we graduated high school. My, our friend Andy Dimmock's parents moved to L.A., uh, they left Andy kind of in charge of the house. He had a room, and then they rented out two other rooms His to, to, to Greg LeBlanc and, and, and Rodney Johns. I, uh, they, they were, they were trusting. They were trusting. As well. Not smart, though. Uh, they were trusting. <laughs> so, Don't ever leave kids in charge of the house. So now uh, we're freshly graduated. We're all 18. We've got our own house to hang out in. And uh, for the, for the first time ever, we feel kind of in control of our destiny you know we were able to make decisions and i remember it was a great moment because craig leblanc's mom said that when he was 18 he had to get out and he was like that's fine with me when i'm 18 it was uh, one of those so his 18th birthday we had a party for him there at the burn pad he moved in and we were sitting out in the front lawn drinking beer like idiots because we're only 18 at 18 and his mom drives by and she honks the horn. We're like, hey! We all we gave her a toast. <laughs> hey, Linda. Gave her a, a little finger salute. Oh, God. But the, the burn pad was great. We could do all kinds of stuff. And so, sooner or later, it dawned on us that there's a potential for greatness here. How often are we going to have uh, access to a house and the ability to invite people into an extravagant party? So we decided, and I'll, I'll come right clean and say this was inspired by Animal House. We decided... Toga party. Toga. Toga. <laughs> Always seemed like the, you know, the, the best example of extravagance and opulence and, and you know, yeah. overboard party. So yeah. here, here's the plan that we put together. The toga party would, we wanted kind of a, a smaller clientele because some of our parties got out of hand. There was just too many people that would show up. So we wanted to, to make it more a close-knit group of friends. So what we did, and this was probably our, our mistake, is we printed up some flyers that we gave individually to the people that we wanted to go. And then they had And, and they, they showed them to other people. Right. Yeah. I can see that happening. Because to pass out flyers to the general public was just like saying, we want the police to bust our party. Well, that was a it dumb was thing. Cost prohibitive, too. Yeah. So uh, we, we decided we were going to have a keg. That was always uh, mandated. And we, we were going to need some money or something. It wasn't going to be one of those, hey, just come over and party like it usually was. So we say, toga party this day, two requirements. One of them, you either bring $5 to help pay for the keg, or you bring a bottle of booze because we were going to have a big uh, punch bowl of suicide punch. That you, It was just whatever anyone brought, you just poured it in there. It was a, it was a cauldron, a seething cauldron of, of nastiness. Oh, my gosh. So uh, yeah. that, was, that was the plan, and it worked really well. And I'll also say, set up on our, our kitchen table was the big punch bowl full of suicide punch. I think we made, we put Hawaiian punch, we started off with a little Bacardi just so it had a little something to go. And then after that, it just started changing colors and getting weird. Right next to it, you might have a hard time with this, Max. I told you how we were, we were growing weed in the, in the garage. Yeah, we had yeah, a, yeah. a giant punch bowl full of marijuana. Now, just to be honest, for the sake of honesty, most of it was completely leaf. It was crap. But yeah. it was it was a big punch bowl full of marijuana. We had papers all laying around. It was we thought it was very cool. The time the party was supposed to start was seven o'clock on a Saturday. We're all ready. We've got we've been planning it for a while. We got the laurels around our hair, and we've got real 
and there's there's a few girls that are part of our group, and yeah. and they're also very much into it. I'm glad that they're, they're there. So we have our basic group of individuals, and we're ready for the party to start. And here's the point that I made, because I realized it pretty early. We're all 18, guys. The times for us messing around with girls who are underage is, is over. over. Yeah, for at least for a little while. Until they turn 18, we as cool as it's been, we got to cool it. So that was, and we all agreed about that. I think someone had just recently got busted for statutory rape, so that was oh. that was fresh in our mind. Oh. So I was saying, listen, we got to make sure that the girls that come to the party are of legal age. But we're not even old enough to drink. We're eighteen, but we know they got to be at least eighteen. Seven o'clock. We're wondering who the first people. Almost precisely seven o'clock. It's knocking the front door. We're yeah. excited. It's the first guest of the party. We go there dressed in tuxedos. All, all obviously primed and ready. They've been working a long time. Two sophomore girls we, uh, that we about, knew about 16, about years, 16 old. years old. Jail bait. And I'm like, hi, and I open the door. They're like, hi, 